Welcome to Ty's Talk Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Woosley, and with me is co-host Justin Abbott. We are your immersion into the world of bodybuilding. Let's dive in. What is going on, guys? Um, episode two here um, with Ty Talks Podcast. Actually, very like surprised and humbled and happy just the feedback we got on episode one, like I had a pretty good idea that you guys would like it, but um, it's always like nice to see, like when you go to the analytics on the Spotify page and, and see like, I get to see like how many people have listened and where they're listening from, like other countries, like it was just super cool. Um, so super happy and, and glad that you guys like it and looking forward to continuing on a, a lot of good episodes. So obviously we have co-hosts here, Justin. Um, Justin is actually three weeks out from the USA's in Las Vegas. So Justin, how are you? <laughs> how are you feeling? That's, that's, that's a real question. Well, I was feeling pretty, of course, you're going to feel like death or, you know, I like to say your foot half in the grave, half out of the grave, pretty much, especially this close to the show. Like it hurts sometimes just getting out of bed, you know, stuff like that. But Besides that, like, it's nothing too bad. I think last year was a little worse, but I think we're in a better position now that we've had to actually, like, increase food a little bit. So the the food side of things is easier, but you're still – once you're once you're this lean, you still kind of – your day-to-day tasks get a little harder, it seems like. And uh, But as far as, like, the prep goes, I think it's been pretty smooth. Yeah, so your um, prep's been, like, different in, in terms of, like, your body seems to change at a, at a very like crazy rate to where um, I've had to actually already get daily pictures from Justin. Um, Because if I wait too many, if I wait, like, Hey, let's do pictures in four days. Like he could, he could honestly be down five pounds. That's how crazy his body is right now. Um, So like, we've been able to do, we've been, we've been able to obviously increase his baseline food across the board, fats and carbs, Mm -hmm. Um, and then, and then give refeeds as needed. I think, I don't think I've ever, you know, gave someone as many refeeds as I, as I did, uh, or as I have you. Um, so <laughs> I'll let you tell, tell everyone, um, what you got for, uh, was like a couple of days ago I gave you. Uh, yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. yeah yesterday. So yesterday, um, and so I'm from Arkansas. So like literally Arkansas, there's this real nice I say nice, it's like old school uh, breakfast place. And that's one of my favorite like types of foods to eat is breakfast food, pancakes, French toast, stuff like that. So we did, um, body was dropping like crazy and then had a hard leg day the day before. So we knew my weight was probably going to drop. So we plan on doing a high day the next day. So my one was basically uh, kind of a free meal, kind of didn't do too crazy, but ate quite a bit and then uh you know refeed off of, or keep on refeeding throughout the day off of that but uh, the thing is just going body probably needed because it just probably made my body um start moving quicker and quicker so we're, we're at a good spot now to where we're able to do stuff like that which probably won't happen again because just to be on the safe side but it's just nice having your body i think uh starting prep a lot leaner staying leaner in the off season probably you know help with this getting leaner quicker Right. Yeah. Plus I think, I think your work ethic too is, um, is, is one of those things that helps, you know, 
to where your baseline food is higher um, because you train so hard. So, um, yeah, that's why I tell a lot of people, especially like the younger guys coming up, it's like, like, you know, we've only had to do 35 minutes of cardio and where people are normally doing like two hours of cardio and stuff like that. But it's also, it's like, I almost use my training, which there's different views on this, but I say, if you train super hard, then you're going to be burning your energy expenditure is going to be way higher than if you just go in there and just do the bare minimum. And then you're going to have to do two hours of cardio. I don't like doing cardio, so I might as well train harder. And that's kind of how I, I like to look at it. But yeah, no, I'm with you. I think like there's a level of like, you know, just putting on muscle over the years too, um, which, you know, a lot of the time will lead to, you know, someone being able to eat more food. Um, but I thought this would be cool part of, um, segment for us um just to kind of get a little more personable i'm going to call this the whoop and poop of your week so i'll go with you what what's been your whoop and what's been your poop of the week i'll definitely say my whoop was probably yesterday being able to take my fiance out to our favorite breakfast spot somehow i kept it a secret like literally woke up and like i don't know how she didn't understand like how she didn't get it because i told her we're gonna have a high day and she's she like, well, does that mean like a high high day as far as like you probably have like a cheat meal? I was like, no, probably not. I probably just do all the same foods, just higher amounts. And like I got up and do did cardio, and I was like, I don't get up and eat breakfast, or don't get up and eat meal ones. I call it without uh with, without me or until I get done. And so like I got done, jumped in the shower, got out, and like normally when I'm warming up my meal because I make my meal the night before, so I eat things I get on cardio. I was like, all right, I got a surprise for you. Jump in the car. And she didn't, she didn't figure it out until, like, we almost were pulling up into the deal. But that was probably my, that was my whoop, the poop. I really haven't had a terrible week. Uh, I don't know. I really, I really can't say anything bad. Oh, I guess, so since so me and my fiance, we basically got a new house in Little Rock. Well, whoever put the washing machine in, which actually was her dad, put the washing machine in. <laughs> He asked, or he asked her what this hose was for, like as a random hose or something. And of course, she didn't really know, but she was like, "We, well, she figured it. He would figure it out." Well, I'm about to leave for the gym, and I look over, and the laundry room is like full of water. He didn't put the hose for the water to go out. He only put the hose for the water to come into the washing machine for the, the actual hose for the water to go out to the outside. Just was on there, so just shot all the water out in the room. So, that was that was my poop. I would say that's not too bad. Then um, no. I guess mine mine is um, my whoop for the week would probably be. This is how you know, like you're so caught up in work. My whoop would be the um, the apparel is finally like at done. So like orders were put in, they've been sent out. Like it's done. There's nothing else to do. So like I'm excited because like people don't understand. There's a lot that goes in with that apparel that I do for clients because you have to do pre-orders well first you have to get the design and you have to do the pre-orders and you, they have to order them they have to ship them and it's like it's crazy and um so that was probably my whoop just getting that taken care of and then poop um <laughs> i have like an issue going on with my forearm you know that i've had for a while um i think it's starting to get worse since you know kind of limiting like my training so i need to get that taken care of um I guess that's not too bad of a week. Like an ultrasound or something. Yeah, I think I may get my elbow x-rayed because I had a yeah. guy kind of look at it and he said it may be like a, you know, something that's going on in my elbow that's limiting my my range of motion. 
so actually i think i'll go ahead and, and release these this news now but august um i think august 7th we are going to have on um jason theobald um which is going to be super exciting because he is one of the guys who taught me 90 percent of what i know with hormones so that's going to be a very very cool episode and i'm looking forward to that oh, yeah. um so for today today i do want to um cover some some questions again I, I think we had some good feedback and we had a lot more um questions that needed to be answered we'll do what we kind of did last week i'll ask some of the questions i got you can ask some of the questions you got um the the best question i got that i think like we could both talk about for a while is when someone is coach searching what is what should they look for um in a coach and um like you know there's so much out there so i'll start because like this is i'm passionate about this and i think i've been vocal about this i think you need to find a coach that has experience in the trenches first off like you can go to school and you can be um a, a super nerd you know and and learn all these things about nutrition but i also believe um that you need like in the trench experience too where you've you've done it you can you can tell a client you know hey i know what you're feeling because you know i've been here before right plus i also i also like to say you i think well, there's another deal when you're saying like that in the trenches a dietitian when he goes to school and he's a registered dietitian or he or she what is the what is the amount of protein per pound or per kilogram that a person daily requirement is it's literally like 0.5 grams per pound of body weight when we know in bodybuilding there's no possible way you could get away with that because you will not repair tissue um, at an adequate rate so that just shows you like yeah there is a lot of science behind what we do but there is a lot of analytical data that we basically gathered you know throughout all that we've done especially like you saying in the trenches you know how you've been lean you get shredded so you know how it feels when i say when you text me and ask me how i feel and i and i literally text you back how you think i feel you know how i feel so it's like you understand you have a, a, a understanding of what it takes so it's a lot easier and you have more credibility when you say, hey, I know how you feel. This is what's got to be done, though. So, like, you actually right. have credibility where somebody yeah. that hasn't before can say that. And you're like, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, first and foremost, like, someone has to have the eyes for it. I think, like, you know, when you get someone's update photos, you need to be able to see what's going on. You know, you do get biofeedback from them. Um, but I think number one is, like, the eyes. So, like, you need to know you know, what you're seeing and, and, and looking back on photos and seeing what's going on. There's a lot of like, it's crazy because if you get on any social media right now, like every person, not every person, but like 80% of people that, you know, are in the fitness scene, they have coach in their bio, which is fine. Like I'm not taking away from like people that are good coaches because there are a lot of good coaches. I just think that you know, people see it as like, a like, I'm going to make some quick money, you know what I'm saying? And you just yeah. need to go to their Instagrams and kind of get a feel of like someone that you are thinking about hiring, you need to look at their, their photos of their clients that they're posting, and you need to make sure they're not. That's doing what it. I, that's, yeah. So like, that's, you, that's you, one you, of my main things I was going to say. Yeah, you get someone you, you need to get on their page and see 
people that they've built up from the ground up that don't have great genetics. You know, I can get, you know, I could get great pros, um, you know, and have them hire me and be like, Oh, look, I got all these pros. Whereas to, I like to farm people up, like not great genetics. And then let's get them through the ranks. You know, I think that speaks volumes on, on any coach. So I think that's number one. And then you need to like, just get a feel of what they talk about on Instagram. Like for me, it's like easy to weave out people that, that talk about um, you. It doesn't take long to, to see that they don't know what they're talking about. You know what I'm saying? And again, like there's tons of good coaches out there. I just mean like people that don't really have a, um, they don't, they shouldn't be coaching. You know, there's actually a, it's crazy because it's coaching is all marketing and these girls and guys, they fall into this, this trap of, Hey, I need to um, like hire this person because they look so good. And they're my favorite influencer and yada, yada, yada. Well, if I don't know if like you guys have noticed, but there's influencers out there who are online coaches. If you go and you compare some of their ads for coaching that they post, they're all the same. And they're all the same because they hire a marketing person. And this marketing person will literally tell them what to say to lure in more clients. So like if they can't even come up with posts on their own, how are they going to coach you when they're like paying someone to help lure clients in? So I think it's just like a very, very rocky road out there. And you have got to make sure, you know, you're hiring someone who knows what the hell they're doing. That was your, that was your two cents. I mean, I, I, I hate to, you know, start, start it off with, I'm just, I'm very passionate with, with about, yeah. you know, people just like taking on clients way too soon and just seeing it as like, Hey, I'm going to make money quick because, you know, unfortunately, like I just see it all the time and I don't obviously would never call someone out. I'll just, you know, I just tell people like, this is like a general thing you should look for. I would say the number one thing is always going to be results. Like what are their clients? Like you said, go to their page. What do their clients look like? Are they the most genetically elite clients? Are they like mediocre clients? They've done crazy transformations for that have helped. That's going to be your number one because you're looking to get results. So you need to be looking at their results, stuff like that too. And also the information they put out. There's some coaches that don't put any information out just because that's just not, they're not in that team as far as like, they're not like the John Jewett where they're putting out a lot of information and content, but You'll see and you'll know like maybe like their stories or something like that. It'll be more in depth on like labs or something like that. You're looking for somebody who also could relate. Maybe you're a girl and you don't feel comfortable with a guy coach, you know, sending them checking pictures and stuff like that. Then you would probably look for a top, you know, female coach or something like that. Um, those are just a few little things I was, you know, thinking about while you're while you're talking. But I think also, also, um, I now what's on my brain. I think it's very important if you're dealing with females. I, I, it is very important that they know how to read blood work because you will drive yourself to the ground and, um, you'll be able to diet probably the first time, but then it's like the second, third, fourth, fifth time you will really struggle dieting because they're, you know, coach didn't more sensitive. Right. And then I have a couple other questions here that I'll, um, this is, this is a good one. And I know that you probably can relate to this one. This question is favorite prep food hacks. Prep food hacks. Yeah. Prep food hacks. What do you have? Only really prep food hack that I actually use. All right. Well, not a plug. I'm not sponsored by anything like that, but 
the flavor gang sauces, those I you let me try them the first time. I didn't believe in them, but I love them. Uh, or like when you do cream of rice, you get the flavor cream of rice, like blueberry or um, the brownie batter or whatever. Those are good, but only really prep pack that I really use often would be like if I'm doing beef, I'll do like a taco seasoning and then use salsa as my my condiment or whatever. But also like if you're doing cream of rice and your cream of rice gets real low in volume maybe use like rice chicks or something like that because normally it comes out about the same way as long as you calculate it and you're on the same carb bill i like to use rice chicks because it's more voluminous kind of like eating cereal you put your protein in that so those are really my only prep packs i don't really believe in like the jello and stuff like that because all that or doing extra vegetables because it all has extra calories and it's just gonna make it a little harder on the diet down but uh yeah that's that's how i do it I'm I'm basic, so I'll give you what I do, and then I'll give you what I know some of my clients do. So for me, I I like the I like all the flavor gang sauces, but obviously as I get closer, you know, once I'm actually in prep, the only one I'll use is that poppy one, the the sweet poppy, um, because it's a, a mustard base. Um, I'm very anal, you know. Some of those do have a little calories, which you can get away with. I, I think those flavor gang sauces are probably some of my favorite, though. Um, I think in moderation, things like those Jihu sugar-free, sugar-free ketchup, I do think they can be used. I also think they can be abused too. Sugar-free gel, that's a great one. I put that on clients' plans sometimes. Um, obviously, I'll pull it closer to show, um, but I use that as a lot of my lifestyle clients. Yeah. Sugar-free Jello, and I'll use um, fat-free Cool Whip that comes in the tub, put it in the freezer. Um, mm -hmm. It comes out like an ice cream, which is you got to be careful because... I mean, you can literally sit there and eat, you can eat the whole thing. Yeah. I'll tell them to eat a, you know, a tablespoon or two. There's a lot, man. There's like veggie fillers that you can use. You know, there's, yeah, see, there's, a, there's a lot of like the zero cal stuff that you really have to be careful with because it does add up. You know, you can't just be like, you know, eating all these filler foods that are zero, zero calorie because I've seen, you know, clients use this and then I'll, I'll drop it and then they'll lose all this weight. Um, so just kind See, of I was thinking more of like actual contest prep, but like like a lot of inlet hacks for those type of people. But once you get closer to the show and bodybuilding, I feel like less complicated because a lot of those things may have like higher fiber, so then you're bloated all the time, your digestion messed up. So you can fall into a rabbit hole quick with those. Um now, like so like another food hack, like say like if you're on no carb on like a meal or something like that, I might have them do like if it's like, say, 200 grams of sirloin, I might have them do 200 grams of sirloin and like a large salad bowl of, you know, let you know lettuce, spinach, something like that. So it's kind of like a filler. It kind of fills them up a little bit. But, I mean, lettuce is literally like water. It's probably like the lowest calorie per volume that you can get. Yeah, I see a lot of uh, bikini chicks doing the lettuce and mustard. And I think I think you're, you know, once you get into that point of prep where everything is tasting good, I think mustard is probably one of the most amazing tasting things because it's so strong, you know? Yeah. Uh, people that haven't been in prep are probably listening to this and thinking, oh, y'all are crazy. But I'm telling you, like, mustard on egg whites, I love it when I get really hungry. Because when you the, get really deep, yeah, when you get really deep. Um, and, some, and something about knowing that you're using a zero-calorie sauce, you're like, I'm just going to get more shredded because I'm not using that one gram of sugar ketchup, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Well, also what about diet drinks? Do you, do you drink diet drinks? 
at this point no like sometimes like probably like eight weeks out or something like i won't even drink like um the like the um the ghost drinks or the um celsius's or any of those type of like energy drinks like that i limit my caffeine just for training and stuff like that so i can you know be super responsive to it but also like this the zero sugar gatorade and stuff like that there's actually a guy on instagram i need to look up his name but he's a diabetic and he has one of those test things that you stick on you and you, it sticks in your arm or whatever and he goes through all these different types of diet like foods like zero calorie gatorade all this stuff and like that to see if it does affect his insulin spikes and stuff like that and a lot of times especially when you're in prep you want to keep your insulin sensitivity well it's already going to be pretty high but you want to keep it stable so you're not having a bunch of spikes well a lot of times those either those zero sugar thing or low calorie deals or whatever either they'll actually send a uh, a signal to your brain because it thinks something sweet is coming, AKA sugar or fructose or something like that. So your body will produce insulin, which you can actually go hypo because your body thought something sweet was coming. You're already in prep and you're already low calorie, maybe low glycemic to where you're, if it pushes you over that edge, you'll actually go hypo or something like that. But as far as like the diet drinks, I don't really do soda ever. I always do water. And if I do like some kind of little diet drink, it's like those Walmart clear waters. I was just um, thinking I'm not drinking, I like my Walmart. <laughs> Yeah, one of my favorite flavors is like cherry vanilla or something like that. But like right now, I won't even I won't drink anything because I want my digestion like completely on point. Yeah, I just saw those clear Americans actually. They came out with new flavors. Um, I was like, I looked through them and I was like, man, I don't remember any of these. Um, but yeah, I think like you nailed it. I think you know, there's obviously like you can be hard hardcore, and then I still think that you can make it through a prep and have some leeway. Like I allow my clients to drink like a few. A couple diet drinks a day um you know i allow them to use sugar-free stuff as long as it's in moderation um, but if it's close and we get down to the wire i may pull it um, just depending on how they look um all right hold up we're talking about diet prep packs i forgot this one this one right here i've actually used this prep so if you take cream of rice so if you take any of these like recipes like baked oats and stuff like that if you if you were to switch it out to like want to do a gluten-free deal you take cream of rice. Well, Gerber cream of rice, if you read it, it's literally rice flour. So all it is is ground up rice into a flour powder. You can really take that and take your scoops of protein and put a little bit of uh, bacon powder in it, which is zero calorie, and um, maybe sub out half of your scoop of protein for the same amount of protein and egg whites and mix it up into a batter. And you can put them in the air fryer and make like, like brownie balls. Like they're, they're fine. And it's literally all the same ingredients. You already know one is, how, how many people are about to try this right now. Uh, I need to. I need to make a recipe. A recipe book. Yeah, I think there are like prep recipe books out there. Um, I have like some clients. Greg, Greg Bissett has one. Yeah, I see some pretty clever stuff. So this next question is is a super super good question that I think probably a lot of bodybuilders can. Um, get a lot from which is the difference between generic and pharmaceutical growth hormone which um this will be our first um hormone kind of question and it's a good one so um i think like the 
now today in, in the bodybuilding world that we're in, I think that there's a lot of good generic growth hormones out there um, because there is so many, um, there's, there's this testing called HPLC testing. And basically it's, you send samples in to these companies as blind test and it'll tell you exactly what's in it. So you have these forums now and people are ordering from these sources that sell generic growth hormone and they're sending it in anonymously to these, to these testing centers and these testing centers will, will send it back and tell you exactly what's in it. So now like these generic growth hormone uh, manufacturers are being held to a higher standard because everything's everything for the most part is getting tested. Now I will say um, pharmaceutical growth hormone will yield way less more, uh, sorry, way less side effects um, because the generic growth hormone does have this thing in it called dimmer, um, which is what you get the swollen hands, um, the um, water retention, yes, a carpal tunnel, whereas pharmaceutical growth hormone, usually you don't have that. So um, pretty simple. I think that you can get away with using either one. Um, I think there's a lot of great generic growth hormones out there. Um, and if you just want to make a hundred percent sure, you know, what you're getting is what, it, what it says. Um, I think pharmaceutical will be the way to go. Obviously the price difference is, is a, you know, way different. Um, so there's, there's one common, common theme about growth hormone. It's basically how much you can take and how good a quality just comes down to how much you can afford. Because of course, if it was a perfect world, you would definitely pick pharma all day and you would take as much as you could, you know, as long as you're in that stage of, you know, bodybuilding, anything like that. Um, but the biggest deal about pharma versus generic is going to be the side effects. Um, they're nowadays are probably going to both be pretty, I mean, their pharma is going to be a hundred percent, but um generic it's just going to have the other side effects now it comes down to like it's really hard to make growth hormone because of how precise you have to be with the amino acid sequence so like all farmer growth hormone is 191 amino acid sequence so if you can find that and get it tested and it actually comes back good then it's cool to use generic but you're going to get better results and definitely drier gonna be a lot drier on generic so i wouldn't use probably generic in like a content spread yeah i think if like, you can afford I, it yeah i mean i like i also like females i would rather a female use pharmaceutical growth hormone because you'll notice like the water retention is a lot you'll you'll notice a lot more in the females and it is hard to to kind of check progress when you know you have a a layer of fluid over you at all times so um good question mm -hmm. I'll do I'll do one more here that I think is is a good one too, um, and it was it was about the bikini division and someone had asked um, what the judges are looking for in bikini because they see um, some shows awarding very very lean girls and then some shows you know not not so lean girls um, and I'll say like again good question. Um, you have to remember the judges are are judging what is on stage okay so like mm -hmm. if you go to a mpc show um they have to pick out of those girls what is 
the closest and best to the criteria that they provide. So yeah. if if a girl wins that is super lean and um, she have, may have just been the best girl on stage with everything, you know, because bikini is hair, bikini is makeup, there we go. It's posing, um, it is, it's your looks. I don't care what anyone says. It's about how pretty you are too. Um, and it's your physique and your flow and everything. So if you see a girl that's super lean, that's just what they liked because they liked her whole package. Um, now, I will say at a national level, um, if you look like, so one of my friends, he coaches um, this girl um, who, who won junior national. She won the overall. Um, good friend of mine coaches her. And this chick was peeled. And so like a few weeks ago, she had done junior USA. And I don't think, I think she maybe got like fifth or sixth, um, which Sandy Williamson was the head judge. And then she comes to junior nationals where Tyler Mannion is the judge and she wins the overall. And this chick is like peeled to the bones, like peeled. And, and so what is, what is Tyler Mannion? What is Tyler Mannion normally judging too? I mean, I, I can't speak, I can't speak, I can't speak for him because, but it is, it is said that he does like girls harder. Um, again, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to, you know, say he does or doesn't because um, it's not my place, but just kind of, if you go into the national level, just kind of keep that in mind too, um, which national level bikini, I think it's also a roll of the dice. Like I think to get those girls are so close to each other in terms like, of like how good they are i truly think like you go up there and you roll the dice and like you hope that it lands on your number you know these girls some of these girls like will go pro luckily on their first try and then some of them it'll take them 20 tries. Five or six. Yeah. yeah yeah so um that was a good question too i think there's a lot of you know confusion around it but at the end of the day it's just what the judges like and, and what is on stage that they can judge so and I think it comes down to the judges too. Also, you know, every judge kind of likes something different. You know, something might stand out to that judge. So I think like Tyler, he judges bodybuilding. I and mean, what are you looking for? The most shredded, conditioned, you know, hard, and the, the whole package. So he's kind of looking at that same way. Probably that's like kind of how I would judge it. Like, damn, this girl's shredded. Like, give you know, a water for it. Like, type of deal. Like even though it may not be right to everybody, I just feel like, you know, sometimes that's just kind of how your mind works. Yeah. Um, what, what questions did you have with your people? I, 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 you had some questions that you wanted to answer too, right? Yeah. Um, one of them was, what are some of the biggest mistakes competitors make for prepping for a show? It can include training, diet, um, supplement use, uh, cardio, et cetera. Um, so I think, from a standpoint of of just listening to multiple people i think is is going is is probably one of the worst ones that you can do yeah um, because you will get you ask five people you get five opinions so i say that's why i tell people just listen to your coach like do what your coach says like don't listen to anyone else and yes i've been there before like i've you know when i was young i was like reading online, like asking all my friends and, it, you know, mm -hmm. and it plays tricks with your minds, with your mind, because, you know, there's a million ways to do things. So um, that, and I think um, letting off the gas um, at, at different parts of prep, like you can't be four weeks out and be like, okay, I'm ready to turn it on. You know what I'm saying? 
because there's like yeah. there's people that have been turning it on for 365 days of the year you know so if you're yeah. trying to turn the gas on at four weeks out you know buddy you're too late <laughs> yeah. too late to the party yeah. And then since obviously we've been talking about hormones, I also think like people make a big mistake of not knowing where their hormones are coming from. And like, yeah. you know, they'll send you photos and I'm like, are you, are you, you know, on any hormones here? Are you natural or what's going on? Um, because I think there's so much like also like just fake stuff out there too. Um, as far as like, you know, anabolics, um, I think that's a big mistake as well. Yeah, definitely find a good reputable source or somebody who, you know, you can find a good reputable source. It's not that hard. Um, now, as far as like most mistakes a lot of competitors make, uh, training wise, I would say, like you said, they're not turning it on. Uh, you know, you shouldn't be turning it on during prep, first of all. It should be the whole time. But maybe they start, they think, oh, you know, the mi biggest misconception is, oh, I'm in prep. Like I got to ask this the other day. And super nice kid and everything like that. He's in prep. He's like six weeks out. And he was like, you know, when do you start getting strong again? And I looked at him and I was like, what do you mean? He was like, you know, I'm in prep, so like I'm going to get weaker. But like, you know, how many weeks into the offseason do you start getting strong again? And I was like, well, that's a mindset. Like, you should be able to, you know, at least push yourself or go to a point where, you know, you're just as strong going into, you know, your last couple of weeks of prep, you might drop off a little bit, but you shouldn't already be thinking in your mind, oh, I'm going to get weaker, and then now you're making it okay for yourself. Like, I'm cool with failure, but I'm not okay with it. So there's, like, there's a difference. Um, now, dieting, a lot, of the, a lot of the same things as far as, like, people trying to find too many different hacks or people trying to do, like, a macro-based deal where, especially, like, in the last, I would say, four weeks, you would need to cut a lot of that kind of stuff out as far as, like, Oh, you know, instead of rice here, I'm gonna do, I don't know, pasta or something. You know, they're trying to just do macro-based stuff where that, you know, whatever is in that pasta or whatever is in that different type of food that you're eating could be causing some inflammation somewhere or something that's doing acting different to your body. You need to know exactly what's going on in your body, how your body is adjusting to it, how your body's reacting to it. So I'd say cut a lot of that stuff out as far as like, you know, the funniest deal was a kid coming up and talking to me, and I was like, damn, you know. That gum smells good because I chew gum too. And I was like, "What kind of gum is that?" He was like, "Oh, it's it's the Hubba Bubba, you know, big you know, big ass pieces." And it's like, bro, you know that it has literally like twelve grams of sugar just in that gum, but you're swallowing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, anyways, just stuff, little stuff like that. I would say with gear use, like you said, like their horn, like knowing where your hormones are coming from and stuff like that. But also, you don't, you need to be milking it as much as you possibly can. A lot of people like especially if you don't have a coach, which you should have a coach if you're messing with stuff and you don't know what you're doing, um, is like reading on a forum, like, you know, this is what the pros take. So I'm going to take this and I'm going to look like a pro. Like, no, you need to stop, reanalyze, stuff like that. Now, a big mistake with cardio is I see, especially if they're not getting coached, they may, as soon as they start prepping, 16 weeks out, 12 weeks out, they're doing an hour of cardio a day. Well, where do you go from there? Like that type of deal. Or they think that when their coach gives them 35 minutes of cardio in the morning, oh, I'm going to do 50 minutes and I'm just going to get leaner. Well, now your coach thinks you're doing 35 minutes and now you're dropping weight too quick. And so he pulls your cardio back. Now you're stuck like, oh, do I do the 20 minutes that he's telling me to now? Or do I do the 45 minutes that he's telling me to now? Like, 
stuff like that. It's just if you have a coach, do what he says, and just follow the game plan. I feel like that's a big deal, especially a lot of first-time competitors have, you know, first, second, third time. If you compete over probably 10 times, you probably get more of you know what's kind of happening, you know what's going to happen next. Like you kind of start learning your body, and that's when stuff gets a little bit easier, but it's still not easy. But those are the biggest mistakes I see a lot of uh, competitors making, getting ready for shows and stuff like that. Yeah, those are some good ones. Um, what was your – I know we, you mentioned before this, you had another question, and I think it was good. Uh, was it about the coaches or was it about labs? Oh, it was the labs. I have a bunch of questions here. Yeah. Yeah, uh, what labs do you recommend that people get both uh, before – in the stages of competition prep or the off-season, both men and women? Um, so women um, – obviously a little more complex than, than men, I think. So I always tell women to get full CBC flat with fasted blood glucose, free T3, free T4, TSH, reverse T3, TPOAB. I also asked for pre-test, total test, mm -hmm. estrogen, mm -hmm. cortisol, mm -hmm. progesterone, mm -hmm. FSH, LH, DHE, um, and then SHBG. Um, so those are like, obviously like way more than what I would ask for, for, from a male. Cause you know, from a male, um, it's, 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 you're, you're obviously your blood markers, like liver, kidney, like testosterone, total testosterone, um, or sorry, free testosterone, um, estrogen, um, your, um, yes, yeah, so there's, there's a big long list of, of things for females compared to um males i'm trying to to get to pull the list up here actually that i asked males to get um, males i know i'm forgetting cbc cholesterol size cholesterol size in total that's the blood glucose free t3 t4 psh reverse t3 hormone panel uh your free test total test estrogen cortisol kidney liver and liver uh panels but sometimes if you got to make sure when you're getting blood work done um, some of them are comprehensive and you'll have like a whole list of what you're getting. And some of them will just be like, it's just a basic hormone panel. So it won't have a lot of the kidney, uh, like AST or liver panels and stuff like that. So you want to make sure you're getting those too. Um, and then you want, you don't just want cholesterol, like the totals, you want the size too, cause that's going to be based, you know, that's going to show, you know, how big your particles are and stuff like that. So you want those kind of deals and always fast blood glucose cause normally you go, 12 hours fasted. Um, yeah, and then, that's pretty much what I have for you. And then obviously you can get like more more comprehensive stuff. Like there's more um, things that you can check for kidneys. Um, if like you have any kind of kidney issues, um, you can obviously like- yeah, You can get like a urinalysis too. Yeah. Um, there was one I was thinking of. Um, obviously like PSA is a, is a good one for prostate as well um homostatin mm -hmm. that's a great one for men's bodybuilders um and then all the ones that you mentioned as well um yeah which reminds me like definitely stay up on your blood work um because for females and males i think that's the number one way to you know for longevity in the sport you know if you want to keep competing and doing it the right way all right so here's a good question to bounce off of that when is the best times to do your blood work as far as like competitive season 
you know, on, on like, what is, what would your, like, I know everybody's like, all right, I'm going to get my blood work done eight weeks after my contest when I'm on 125 tests or 250 tests. I'm showing um, TRT, what people call it. Um, now, your body should bounce back as long as it, you know, it's cooperating, right? If it's not, you got more of a problem. But I believe that it's not a bad idea to see when it's at work, you know, at its worst, like what's really going on when you're, I wouldn't say piling on everything, but you're at your most, you know, super state, if you want to put it that way. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's get blood work as often as you can um, before cycle, mid cycle, post cycle, um, obviously before cycle, see, see where you are, see if you're ready to start. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. this is for men, you know, see if you're ready. But to start. also, an anabolic cycle you do it before it gives you a baseline right exactly and then so midline like you you know you start adding these hormones see how they're reacting you know you're not just adding estrogen blockers because you know a form told you to you're adding them because your blood work says to um yeah. and then post show or not post show post post anabolic use you know see how you know what you need to to um supplement with to maybe recover these hormones and, and get yourself back to where you know, you can um, run another anabolic cycle safely. So just really as much as you can, like, luckily my gym here, like blood works $40. So I, I get blood work. Like, I get blood work like every eight weeks. Um, yeah. But I'm also um, super anal, you know? So um, I think this, this pretty much covers um, a, a lot of good questions that were asked. Obviously, you know, we're still going to have, guest on i don't want to mention names but we do have a very 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 good bodybuilder that's going to come on um in the next few weeks that i know that you guys will be super excited for like i'm talking like a top five olympia guy but a lot of cool stuff um in the works and again we appreciate the support it's been super cool you know just getting the feedback like i said earlier and we really do appreciate you guys yep. appreciate it and see you guys next time see you